This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only. Right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar... You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Hey guys, this is Sydney Taylor from Metal from the Inside, and you are listening to Jay Scott on the Hook Rocks podcast. Dispossessing flesh, not ready to disappear, but that's alright. What a great tune. What a great band, The Age of Truth. We got Kevin McNamara, lead singer, coming up here shortly. I'd like to welcome you all into another episode of the Hook Rocks podcast, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can check out all of the Hook Rocks podcast on any podcast platform. Please follow us wherever you do podcasts. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Write us a review. Check out all of my friends that are on the podcast or Pantheon Podcast family. Cobras and Fire, Mistress Carrie, Martin Popoff, Shout Out Loudcast, Vinny Apice, and Carmen Apice. 
on the Hanging Banging podcast. What's going on, people? How are how are you all doing today? More and more shows are uh, getting canceled. I uh, man, this is this is being this is terrible. Mammoth WVH just canceled their next two shows. I think one of them was in Montana. I forget where the other one was, but. Um, Man, this is getting out of control again, and we're going backwards. And until people start believing in science again, this is uh, this is not going away, and it's just going to get worse. And our kids are going to be back to e-learning, and we're going to be under stay-at-home orders. Uh, the way things are trending is not good. It's really not. And I don't know, I mean, I, you know. I believe that those who have been vaccinated should have more protections and those that have made that choice to not get vaccinated have to live with what rules and regulations are put in place for them. You know, if you can't get into a restaurant without proof of vaccine or a venue, that's what's going to have to happen. Um, It's sad that we've had to come to this. Most people who are not wanting the vaccine have had other medical ailments that they've gone to the doctor and allowed the doctor to treat them. They've, they've taken prescription medicine. They've had cancer. They've gone to the doctor. They've allowed science to help them. And I don't know why this has become an issue. I don't, it's not a political issue. Please don't make this a left and right issue. This is a humanity issue. This is like looking out for your fellow man, looking out for one another. You're not going you know, the, the chances of you having severe side effects are slim. There's always risks with vaccine, but there's a greater risk with what can happen with COVID if it keeps going and keeps going. But I, I regress, or I digress, I should say. Let's talk some rock and roll. Let's talk some positive things. Let's be an escape. But please start thinking twice about your decision if you have not been vaccinated. You're not going to have a microchip in your body. Your body is not going to be like a human magnet. These are all silly things. So if you've allowed science to treat you, your children before with ailments, it's time to do it again. Once again, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering Chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. Let's have a good time, baby. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form and a fraction of the cost. Cha-ching! Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger Erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. It's probably the most important thing in any relationship. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of they're licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online. 
Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, America, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special deal for the Hook Rocks podcast listener. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Milk Shake at checkout. Just paying $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Milk Shake to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the Hook Rocks podcast. Let's get to it, people. I'd like to bring in my next guest from Philadelphia. I typically always refer to as the the uh, city that was part of the first Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cup championship on the losing <laughs> end. On the losing end. And uh, they've always had cool jerseys for their hockey team, but always they've been overrated for about 20 years, is my opinion. Bro. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I'd like to bring in from the Age of Truth, Kevin McNamara. What's going on, man? How are you? What's up, brother? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, I'm sipping a little bird dog whiskey. There you go. Trogues uh, uh, Field Study. IPA, and uh, I'm looking forward to this, man. <laughs> Sounds like you're having a night. You know, you got a Philly cheesesteak going on there? Actually, you know what? I did. Well, let me ask you this, I did, right? I did a dim steak. Everybody Girl. talks about the two major, you know, the two most well-known Philly cheesesteak places, and that's, is it Pat's? And, Pat's and, and yeah. What's the other one Dips. across the street? Dips. Okay. What is the Dips. best place to go for a Philly cheesesteak? You want my honest opinion? Yeah. There's a place in Newtown Square, which is like, I call that Upper Delaware County. Okay, that's the people that have money. Um, there's a place up there called the Ale House. It's a dive. It's a great bar, but they got out. Uh, Freaking killer cheesesteak, dude. And, you know, it always comes with fried onions, sweet and hot on the side, and Jewish pickle. Okay. Sliced up, killer. Have and you- it's, you know, it's affordable and it's probably the best cheesesteak out there, in my opinion, anyway. Because I was out there several years ago with my son, who I think was. It had to be six or seven at the time. We did a baseball tour, historic areas in baseball. We went, we started in Detroit, and then we went down to Pittsburgh, and then we went to Philly, and then the way back we hit Cleveland. And I love Pittsburgh, man. Yeah, Pittsburgh's got a great stadium. Um, yeah, and great. and uh, we ate at oh I we ate at Pat's, and then like about a year ago I was out there on a business trip, and I ate at the place across the street. 
Um, but then, like, everyone's told me, well, those aren't the two best places. Those are the two most well-known because of Rocky, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, there's places all over Philly that have great cheesesteaks. But, you know, they're, the, they're, they're obviously the two best-known places. But, you know, it's whatever you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Philly. It's us against everybody else. <laughs> well, hey, man, you know, I know the Phillies are struggling. The Pirates are in the basement, but the Cubs are yeah. approaching the Pirates in the basement. And yeah. uh, the Sixers. You know did- what, man? I've always been a fan of Blackhawks. Love the Blackhawks. I know I'm probably going to catch shit from my Philly people, but I was always a Blackhawks fan. I mean, what's there not to like, man? You know? I know. I know. It's- Honest, it's honest, freaking hockey. It's great. I mean, it's the best logo in all sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hey, man, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate you coming on. We always start the same way, even though we're four minutes into it already. But we always ask the same first question every time we have a first-time guest, and that is the essence of the show, the meaning behind the show, which is just like every great rock song has a hook. Every rock band has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? I mean, the go-to I know with most people is the first Black Sabbath album. I heard that when I was 12, and I just went like, oh, my God. This is scary as shit. It's beautiful. But I will say this. What truly locked me into rock and roll, and it's going to sound really weird, is Yes. Really? When I, when I heard Yes, I went, I totally don't understand what this is. It's not 4-4. And I heard a singer singing in contralto, and I went, this makes no sense. And then I started reading his lyrics. It's, it's almost like, uh, it's like stream of consciousness lyrics with John Anderson. And I just, I read his lyrics and I went, oh my God, brilliant. So why can't you take that heavy and that, you know, I don't want to say it, but prog rock mentality, which, you know, age of truth, we are a pretty much straight up hard rock band. But yes, for me, I know a lot of people are going to go, what the hell? But that was the band for me that I went, I fucking love rock and roll. Plain and simple. Where did it go from there for you? I mean, you, you mentioned Sabbath, yes. Judas Priest. Judas Priest. My next band was Judas Priest. Stained Class, right after that. And I heard Stained Class, and I went like, oh, my God. What the hell's this? When I heard Stained Class album, I, I lost it. I'm like, this is so fucking metal. And then I found Scorpion. Right after that, like, you know, here I am rocking, not that one, uh, 
Blackout album. I went backwards and I found this guy, you like down wrong. And I went, Oh my God, these guys are brilliant. And I, you know, Tokyo tapes and, you know, for a live album, I heard that. I was like, and then I found rainbow and, you know, it was, it was over. I was like, Oh my God, what the hell is this? And obviously deep purple was always in there. And I'm weird that way. Like, I like Joe Jackson. His first uh, release, Look Sharp, is a great freaking kind of punkish reggae album. And Elvis Costello, man, and The Police. Bands like that, special. Like, I'm all over the place. But for me, my jump-off point was really yes. That was like Sabbath, and yes, I went. Imagine combining that and trying to find a happy path. And Elder did it great. <laughs> you know? Well, what was it, or when was it that you took all those bands you just mentioned and you wanted to be in a band? Well, I was playing with guys that were in their 20s when I first learned I could sing. And, uh, I was, I think, 16 or 17, and we started playing bars. You know, we're doing cover songs. We're doing Iron Maiden. Uh, by the way, Paul Diano was my guy. You know, that was my Iron Maiden. Um, <clears throat> and we were doing Jewish Priest, and back then when I was just coming into puberty, <laughs> uh, I could still hit those high notes. And it just grew from there, and then it was a band called Asylum. We folded after, like, two years. And then I discovered I wanted to try my hand at actually, you know, doing original music. And I met this guy, John Daly, and we made a band. Uh, and it was great. We got a record deal, actually, after 14 years of playing together, we knew each other and we were heavy as balls. And then the uh, Warner Brothers got a hold of us, turned us into a bunch of synths, and I quit playing music for a long, long time. I just quit. I was done. I took up uh, some Kung Fu, which occupied my time, and uh, and then, uh, you know, the age of truth happened <laughs> many years later. And I was like, oh, shit, I love this. So, yeah, that was it for me. How did the Age of Truth begin? I mean, where was it? I mean, you were kind of wandering around, and then all of a sudden you're in this band. <laughs> oh, let me take a sip of beer. All right, so the original drummer, God bless him, um, he was he inboxed me one day and he's like, yo, check this out. It's pretty cool. And I heard it. I was like, oh, oh my God, this is great. And I showed up on a Sunday, brought a six pack of beer. We hung out. And, you know, it was cool. And we got done and I walked away. I went, you got to get rid of the drummer. He's, he's not, He's not made for 
this type of music. He's a great drummer. He's a great drummer. I take nothing away from him, but he was not made for this band. And I kept saying in my head, I went, Scott Pizzetto is the freaking drummer for this band. And how do I make that happen? And that was within a two year period. And uh, finally it came to a head and I went, let me make a call, see if the guy responds. He's been very dodgy lately. And uh, he hit me back and he went, all right, I'm in. And I went, uh, okay. And Scott's got like a photogenic mind. Like he can remember a song immediately. And he learned the whole Threshold album within three days. And we did a record release and boom. Here we are. As far as putting it together and collaborating and, you know, moving forward as a band, right? I mean, that's where you want to be, where you want to go. What is that process like for you guys? Well, I'm 53. So nothing pisses me off. You know what I mean? Music-wise. I mean, honestly, like, I don't, I don't have butt hurt anymore. Like I record songs for other people and they're like, sing it this way. I'm like, cool. Okay. Back in my youth, I would have been like, no way, man. Uh, now with the knowledge of, I guess, age and being grateful for where I'm at. Um, <clears throat> moving forward, I would say, I really look forward to maybe making like a really good uh, half acoustic album with the band and the process of doing Resolute was so freaking horrible for me. It was. It really was. It wasn't like my favorite point in time. Uh, I had somebody pass away that was close to me. You know, I was a mother of my daughters. Um, I was going through a separation with her, unfortunately. And uh, it was a dark period in time. And I really, really, really tried to concentrate on lyrics. And I found myself a lot of nights going just like, this is all bullshit, man. I don't believe in anything. And, you know, at the end of the day, you just, you lay something down on paper and you just go, I hope somebody gets it. You know, that's the truth of it. When you think of where you're at with Threshold and then moving forward with Resolute, how do you think the band has evolved? <laughs> well, I think Scott definitely opts in with, uh, hey, let's try this, <laughs> which I love. Um, Scott is a very adventurous drummer you know like he's very smart he's very skilled in his craft and i think with threshold we were kind of trying to do a little cock swagger you know and be heavy and check this out i think if we were to do a third album which god willing we do i think it's going to be something a lot different um, threshold 
like I said, it was a painful thing for me to do, to even put down the words, like the promise of nothing. That was a hard thing. And, you know, most of the lyrics might go over people's heads, but for me, that was like, that was me basically sitting in a room going, this sucks. This sucks a lot. And, you know, people go like, well, it's cool that you got it off your chest, but you don't get it off your chest. You know what I mean? There's no chest. It's just words. And uh, I think if I had to say and or have a compass point, I would say I'm looking forward to the next stuff because we're already working on it. When you talk about writing, right, and you're, you're talking about how painful it was to put lyrics to the music on the album Threshold, you move forward with Resolute. Where do you find your inspiration? Is it from personal experience? Is it from observation, a combination of both? Or is it a story that you want to tell? Well, like uh, Shalom, which, you know, I wanted to do a radio edit on the song and make it like a three and a half minute song. But we didn't have time. So it wound up being like a seven or eight minute song. For Shalom, I was like, I want to tell like a tale of John the Baptist. I don't know why. It was just something that popped up in my head and I was like, I don't have to be factual. I want to mix it in with everything and just kind of paint, you know? And uh, like Pals the Rain, Pals the Rain was written three and a half years ago. Lyrically, too. Um, I, I think that lyrically, I don't know, man. I don't, I want everybody to draw their own conclusion to a song. Like, that's how I always loved it about Sabbath and bands like that. I was like, what's the song about? And then you read the lyrics and you're like, oh my God, I had no idea they were saying that. And that always makes a song fun to me. So, yeah, as far as, I don't know if I'm even on the point here, but I think that everyone should draw their own conclusion to what a song is actually about. But for you, though, right? Because I've interviewed a lot of artists who write music, who write songs, and they tap into an experience or they tap into an observation. And, you know, they got to relive that experience but once that song is done and once that song is released it's no longer theirs it's up to the audience to interpret it when you are writing though and you are tapping into difficult happy angry situations what is that process like for you is it is it is it easy for you to feel a subject to feel a a past situation and write about it Hmm. Um, like Promise of Nothing, that was obviously a tough song to write because <clears throat> what I did and what happened and what occurred after the fact, um, yeah, that was dark. I mean, that was a dark, I mean, that was 
that song there was just me going like, you know, let's warm our hands on distrust. I mean, it was, it was horrible. It was, you know, it was like everyone in my family gunning for me at that point, not talking to me. I mean, it was dark. And it was, it was a bad period. And, you know, whatever, I, I might've brought it on me, but those lyrics were absolutely a hundred percent me explaining what I was going through in that period. And it wasn't pretty. It was horrible. But I think that sometimes you write a song like holding hands uh, off the threshold. I think you write a song, sometimes it just comes to you. And you're just like, holy shit. All right. And your hands move and, and you're going, okay, 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 all right, all right, yes, yes. And then it's done and you go, oh my God, it's beautiful. Yeah. So does that explain that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're writing this album, you have to have, you have to hear the song in your head. You know, when you finish the album, do you feel like it is what you heard? No, (laughs) never. How how do you I, how do you reconcile that? I, I I I can't. I never do. I I'm I'm that guy. I've been that guy my whole life. I'm never happy with what I did, ever, ever. Um, and how do I reconcile? Uh, I guess uh, live shows. You know, like I try and pay the people back. Like I'm sorry. In my head, I'm sorry I didn't do a good enough vocal take. Here I am live for you. Is that weird? Yeah. No, I mean, I understand it. I mean, it's your process. Yeah, I guess it's a process. It's always been me. But, like, at the end of the day, I love the resolution. I do. I love it. I love Threshold, too. And I can't wait to do a third album and you know, just, I hate to say that I wasn't present like I normally was because it was such a dark time. And I hope that the third album, I get to be a little bit more present uh, with me and, you know, like the boys, like, they could tell, they could feel it too, man. It was, it was dark. It was a bad time in my life. But, uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, fucking rock and roll, you know? Do you feel like you're always chasing something? I mean, it sounds like that, you know, for me, like you, you can't wait to work on the next thing when you're done with the present thing. Ah, dude, I'm, I'm ADHD, so yes, I'm constantly chasing. Um, but again, I found the perfect three guys that are like, okay, Cap, let's, let's fence you in, get you on a leash, tie you down, do a song. And then it happens, and I'm like, oh, shit, okay, you did that. All right, it works. 
Um, but yeah, I'm always chased. I mean, it's my nature, you know? It's interesting how, you know, you talk about your process and what, you know, what's important to you and where you're going with everything. When you're writing this album, well, first let me ask you this. When was this album written? Recorded? Written and recorded. <laughs> God, uh, we started writing these songs three and, I'm going to say almost three and a half years ago. Three and a half years ago. So, Pal Serene, like, that was the first one where we're like, okay, ah, cool. All right, we'll write a song about the desert and freaking rain fighting. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, it just kind of, like, horsewhip happened. That was kind of like a a mic going, and I was like, ooh, I, got, I might have something for that. And it was totally different lyrics, but, you know, whatever. But the line in that lyric where I go, if you ask me how my life has been so far, it's just like holding a baby inside a burning car. That was me at that point. I mean, that was it was totally, you know, off the cuff. Just how I wrote it. It happened. Um, but I think that like Scotty being in here, Scotty's such a badass drummer that, and he's got such great ideas. Like really, I can't give enough props to Scotty. I can't give enough props to Bill and Mike. They're freaking brilliant musicians. But having Scotty step in, I was like, I played with Scotty before. I just know how he thinks. And Scotty was like, he was right there, man. He was like, yo, I sent this vocal. I'm like, okay. Yeah. When you're writing an album during a pandemic and all the crap that was happening last year, did that affect your music? Did you guys rewrite anything? Did you guys write a song or write music during that time? Actually, I changed the lyrics to... uh, I won, which is like the bow, 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 the flowing with the. Anyway, uh, I wrote the lyrics: "United, divided, don't get excited. It'll all wash out in the end." Strictly for the division that's going on in this country, man. I'm freaked out by it. It's, to this day, I'm like, "What the hell happened to us?" Yeah. We're, we're all here for each other. We're not here to for a political party. We're here for us. And, and like, to me, that's very important. And I want a lot of people to know that. I don't care what thing you're about. You know, I love you. And, you know, let's just be good to each other. When you think of where the band is headed, especially after this album and you know what's going on and how young bands or, or new emerging bands struggle. I mean, I just interviewed D Snyder a couple of, you know, like last week when he talked about the struggle that bands go through and right. you know, as you guys are 
releasing this album and, and riding the wave of newness, you know, for the new music, where, what are your plans to get this out to play and, and, you know, do a tour or play some live gigs? Oddly enough, um, my mentality has been, (laughs) I'm now self-employed by the way. (laughs) So I have that freedom where I'm like, yeah, you guys want to go on the road? Okay, cool. Um, now I'm kind of like, wherever you guys want to play, I'll play. Obviously, we have kids. We have responsibilities. But if anybody was willing to put up money to throw us out on tour, I will hop right in there. I'm in. I'm in. Do you guys have people working for you to get that accomplished? We have Bill. <laughs> Bill. Bill Miller. He, it, well, you know, we have other people that are, we're talking to right now. You know? But in all honesty, nothing is for free. And, uh, you know, Bill just told us we paid off the album today, which was really cool to hear. So we're even on that end. Like we paid studio off, we paid pressers off, the whole deal. Now everything we make is kind of more or less for us. And, you know, I mean, the reality is merchandise is everything. For sure. And, and playing out live helps you sell that merchandise. Correct. Correct. And again, I'm 53. I'm a plumber by trade. And I can make my own schedule. So if I could go out for two or three months, I would do it. I'm not playing every night. I would do it like every other night because I've done it. It's brutal. It's grueling. I've played seven nights a week, you know, playing for Warner Brothers. It sucked. Um, and, you know, you didn't give the crowd a real show. You half-assed it. But I would definitely go on the road. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm ready. Hi. Cause the Hi, ma- Ireland. In, in my opinion, this album that you guys just put out, it's too damn good for it to just to sit on the shelf. This needs to be played for people. This needs to be played in clubs. I agree. I mean, I it's agree. a f- fantastic album. Well, all right, I'll put this out. Maybe Ripple will, will hear it. Hey, we're ready. <laughs> I'll, I'll go out in three months. I don't give a shit. You know, I'm down. I'll, I'll, I'll tell any label out there, you want the age of truth? We'll tour. We'll figure it out. Are you guys just playing out locally right now, out in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah. We uh, got the record release coming up at Bar 13, which is a really cool bar. And we got uh, we got JJ, uh, J.B. Matson's new band, Bloodshot. Uh, Vessel of Light, I believe, is releasing their album that night. And then 
Babylon Shake is on, on the bill as well. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we're doing New England. We're doing Boston, too. We're do- Yeah, we're doing a couple shows. But, yeah, I mean, we're always – look, I'm ready to live out of, out of the suitcase. I'm ready. <laughs> I did it. I loved it. You know, because the response from people that I know who have listened to the album are just awed by it, right? I mean, this is really. I mean, you you guys are sitting that on gold. That blows my mind. That you guys are sitting. On, you guys are sitting on a damn good album, and I'm just saying, man. You know, it ain't streaming for rent. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, very few. I mean, albums ever really, you know, reach that height, right? But this is a damn good album. I mean, out of all the th- albums that we talk about on the show and we discuss after at the end of each quarter, you know, this is something that I anticipate will be at the top of our list and many of the lists that I read off. Really? Yeah, absolutely, really? man. Man, that's wild. I mean, dude, you're talking to a plumber. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get but, it. I mean, I appreciate that. But, like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I would love to tour. I I mean, I was built for that. That's, that's been my whole thing in life was to tour. I did it for three and a half years. It was awesome. I toured with Alice Cooper. You know, Death Zones, you name it. Um I would love to see this band on the road because, you know, night after night, you just get tighter and tighter and tighter, you know, and I would love that. That would be beautiful. Yeah. And there's a synergy that develops between all you guys. Sure. 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 You know, and, and and again, um, I would never, ever roll out touring, you know, and Bill talks about a lot. I'm always like, I'm in, check with the other guys, you know, and and that's a truthful, you know, at our age, that is a very truthful thing to say. Like, dudes have jobs, they got commitments, you know, but me personally, hell yeah, dude, I'd be out there in a heartbeat. I'd be out there in a heartbeat. Because you guys got to give yourselves more credit. I mean, this is a, this is this is a year of great music, right? Everyone held back their albums. Everybody was writing stuff, you know, recording music in a bubble because they had to escape from what the reality was of 2020. And here we right. are, 2021, and everybody is releasing gold, right? Everyone's swinging for the yeah. fences. You know what? There's so many freaking dudes. Bone Church. Holy shit. Bone Church? So good. Bone Church, yeah. I got to check them out. I haven't heard that. Oh, dude. Oh, oh. oh, yeah. Yeah. There's so much good stuff out there right now. But what you know, what I was saying, though, is, is that this album's right there with everybody. I mean, this is this is a damn good album. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, selling you on how good your album is. <laughs> you are. <laughs> It's freaking good, not, man. You, you understand, man? I'm a freaking, I'm a Leo. So I don't, and I'm the good side of Leo. I don't get it. I, 
I appreciate and I love that. But like for me, I'm always like, ah, you could have done better, buddy. Could have done better. Well, that's you know, normal that's for an artist thing. to feel that way, right? Well, it's a Philly thing. You know, ah, you did okay. You just, you kind of could have done this better, you know? <laughs> that's horrible. Isn't that uh, Mickey and, and Rocky telling Rocky, you know, he's all right? Yeah, yeah it's kind of like that. It's more like a Bill Burr thing. Yeah. yeah I identify as a Bostonian myself. I'm not a Bostonian, but I always loved Boston. Boston was my town. Um, we played there a long time ago, and uh, I fell in love with that town. It was they, the people were just they were my they were my type of people. I was like, ah, okay, you don't like I don't like you either. Oh, good, okay, you're a good guy. What's the, what's the name? All right, that that's how. I think I am, and I am built. Um, I question everything. <sighs> you know, it's we have a thing around our way in, in Pennsylvania. It's called Delco, and uh, I've wanted to lose the Delco thing for so long that it's almost become like a a necklace you wear on your neck. You know what I mean? It's it's like, I just, I don't want to be here anymore. But I love Delco, don't get me wrong, but I'm ready to get out. I want to go on tour. You know anybody? <laughs> I might, you know, I mean, I, I could, you know, I could always talk to some people, but cause, I mean. my name around. But I'm, I'm just telling you, I mean, like, when we talk offline, like I was telling you before we started the, the interview, I mean, there's a group of us that are always talking about new albums and new music, and your album is always brought up. It's always talked about, like, how good it is. And really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's That's not awesome. just me. It's, it's, it's a lot That's of people, awesome. right? And. And, you know, we hear everything, right? I mean, I hear everything. I like to think I do. I mean, there might be some stuff that I miss here and there. But I, I, I pretty much listen to everything or I try to. And, dude, I mean, this is such a fantastic album. I got I to gotta stop selling you on it, dude. You made this no, album. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I, I love this album, and I love what we did. You know, when I look at the album, I go, like, I can't believe this CD has like an inner gate and all that stuff. Like that's Bill, dude. Bill is the magic of this band. And a lot of people need to give props to Bill Miller because he is just, he's a mastermind, you know, and and the rest of the band, all of us writing this out. Don't get me wrong. Um, Yeah, I'm all over the place, but, an album that was hard for me. I mean, it was really hard for me to go like, but then like once we got past that point of, all right, we got these songs, we're going to do them. You know, Bill brought in freaking Shane Gardner, man. And Shane Gardner, God bless him. He ran with it and 
he just took the whole thing and just made it a piece of art. And, and you know, he don't get any props, and he should, because he did a hell of a job on this album. Because you guys got like a blue collar vibe, or you know, an in your face blue collar vibe that I think resonates with a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know. I mean, you guys aren't, you know, you know, the pretty band wearing the glitter no. and wearing all that stuff. I mean, you guys are, you know, you're playing for the for for the people, right? I mean, you're playing for. You know the people with you know the nine to five jobs, you know the 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 trade jobs and stuff like that. I mean, I've seen some of your stuff, you know, live and everything. And dude, I mean, you gotta you you've got an audience for what you do, dude. You need to go to the Merlin Stoned and Doom Fest. You should come down for the weekend. It's freaking amazing. It's such a badass. Are you guys playing it? Yeah, we're playing Thursday night. When is it? Um, I forget when the hell it is. It's on our webpage. All right. But you should come down, man. Look, if you need a place to stay, you got us. We always get the same hotel room. But I'll tell you, J.D. Madsen does a freaking amazing job. He gets everybody, every cool band down there. He's had Conan. Every, I mean, everybody down there. Um, it's an it's an awesome show. But what I was trying to say was, it's all blue collar. It's just, it's just dudes who want to hear heavy riffs and then trippy shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's beautiful. I mean, that's what it's all about. You know, we you don't need to be lied to or bullshitted to. You want to hear good riffs, good vocalists, the whole deal. You know, just give me a goddamn good freaking heavy song with a singer that doesn't sound like he's choking on, you know, cigarette butts. Cookie Monster. Yeah. Well, I don't. You know, whatever. I was, I'm I was, cool I was in there. I was interviewing Carmen a piece about a month ago, and we were talking about heavy metal, new, new, you know, the new wave of heavy metal. And he's like, "Every guy sounds like Cookie Monster." You know, it's like <laughs> I'm okay with that though. I gotta hear some. You know, I gotta, like, I gotta hear some melody in the voice though. You know what I mean? Well, well, yeah. I mean, dude, I grew up with, you know, like I said, yes. Elvis Costello, Black Sabbath. So there's going to be a melody, I find. But I, I think melody is just, you're not overthinking. You're just singing. You're not trying to push a message. And then once you find that melody, if you want to push a message, you can. But melody is everything what moves the world, you know? Absolutely, man. You got to connect with the song. And, and like you said, man, you know, that heavy metal, that style, it has an audience. People love that stuff to each their own. 
Um, but for me, I got to hear the lyrics. I got to hear what they're singing about. I got to connect to the song. And, yeah. and you know, I, I can't do it if I can't understand what they're saying. You know, it's weird. Probably like five or six years back, I got into Ghost. I love that band. Dude, when I heard that first album, even the second album, and I'm not going to lie, third album, <laughs> I went, this is the coolest uh, display of deceivery ever played on someone. And his melodies were so freaking sweet. I was like, what's he singing about? And I started reading the lyrics. I'm like, I got I'm in I'm in the Antichrist world. Uh, it was so good. But it instantly made me think of like Lewis the Cult. Bands like that, like where you're like, what the hell is what's he saying? And that's exactly why I like Ghost. They reminded me of uh, Blues to Cult, who I love. They've also got some scorpions in them too. If you if you listen, yes. you know. Yes. Yes. I saw them open up for Maiden sure. probably about four years ago, and really, yeah, it was a good. It was you know Maiden's last album, Book of Souls, and they were the opening act. And they came on, and they have like these people in the audience dressed up like the deacon, right? <laughs> and 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 they and, and these fans they don't move during the whole show; they just stand still, and they don't no move. Shit. And it's so eerie, but it's so fucking cool, right? I mean, dude, that's poetic. It's like beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Totally. See, you know? I'm, I'm a fan of Genesis, so when I see that, I'm like. I get this. I get it. I get what you're doing. It's art, you know. And I'm a big fan of that, man. I I remember um, I remember a guy standing in the grandstand, and he's in the front row, and he's just standing there during the whole set. Didn't move. Didn't move his arms. Didn't move anything. He just stood there. And I, I took my son, who I think was like 12 years old at the time. And because uh, he he like ghosts a lot, and I'm like, that is so cool, man. I'm like, I don't get it, I don't understand what they're doing, but that is cool. That is cool, yeah, exactly. And I think that's what music is. I don't get what they're doing, but I like it. Yeah, totally. You know, like mm-hmm. at that other side of the bridge where you're like, what is that? I like that. I don't know what it is. I gotta, I, I gotta go over there and physically touch it and explore it. Well, I, I like That's bands. It. Yeah, I like bands that are like Ghost that are, you know, striving to be different, right? Because you can get sucked up in that, you know, everyone's doing the same thing kind of thing, and it's refreshing, especially because I come from the era of. You know, when I was growing up, I mean, I, I grew up in the 80s. So, you know, I mean, you had Kiss, you had Motley Crue, you had Alice Cooper, you had, you know, Metallica, Priest. They all had an identity, right? Right. right. And, yeah, yeah. and it's cool so, to see a band do something like that. I love it. I Look, I know a lot of bands are like behemoth. 
I'm like, okay, yeah, they're cool. You know? It's, it's all about making the audience go, holy shit. Yep. Listen, for the record, at Maryland uh, Doom and Stoner Fest, I'm dressing up like Peter Gabriel from, uh, what the hell is the album? Genesis, uh, I forget the album. Were you talking anyway, about, yeah, you talking about I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm wearing a red dress and a fox head. That's interesting. Yeah, because it's you know it's going to be Halloweenish. So, well, Ke- Kevin, man, we could go on all night and talk about dude, music. Dude, I tell you what, man, I'm the worst guy to interview. No, but man, I'm glad, I'm glad that you know I got to talk to you, man. You're a good dude, Jay. Well, I appreciate that, man. You know, and I'm glad you came on. I'm glad to learn more about you. And I'm just looking for, forward to you guys getting on the road. And I just looked on your website. I don't see anything in Maryland. So you got to email me the dates and everything. I will. I will. Yeah, man. Because that would be totally cool. I mean, like I said, man, you guys, this album speaks for itself. And anyone listening who hasn't heard it yet, who's just listening to the show, just popping in. Go listen to The Age of Truth and the album Resolute is just absolutely fantastic. I appreciate it, brother. All right, Kevin, man. Thank you very much for doing this. All right, brother. People, be All right. safe. Yeah, everyone be safe. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Stay strong, stay safe, stay healthy. We will talk again soon. Thank you.
Liquid bleach, liquid bleach, Clorox makes clothes bright. But what about these cloudy wine glasses? Add glass cleaner to my cart. Adding Clorox disinfecting bleach to your cart. What? No, for glassware. Clorox can also make glassware sparkle, keep flowers fresh, and remove chocolate, wine, all your usual stains. Rude. Clean anything with the versatile Clorox disinfecting bleach. Discover more hacks at Clorox.com learn. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.